Welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest to another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I'm Scott Strandy, joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host Stephen Marsh joining me from Las Vegas, Nevada as always. Stephen, how are you this evening? Doing doing pretty good. Uh, we're getting through each week here. But, uh, Every so often, or little by little, and uh, we're getting uh, towards the later part of April. We're just moving along. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, um, you know, we, we keep repeating this thing. It kind of feels like Groundhog Day, but yet hockey continues, and we keep continuing to find out about new things and different things. And tonight we have a very special guest from Las Vegas. We've got Nick Raboni joining us from UNLV Hockey, the associate head coach. Uh, Nick's going to talk to us a little bit about something he did that I thought was pretty unique that went off today. I heard you heard a little bit about it possibly, and you can fill us in a little bit before Nick comes on, but uh, we have that. We also have some signings again, some guys that have committed to play at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, we got some award winners we're going to talk about too in the Independent Conference Awards for ACHA Hockey. We'll get into that just a bit later, but you know, first and foremost, even let's uh, let's find out how things are in Las Vegas. I know you're uh, still quarantined in your home with the uh, stay-at-home order, but what have you heard from people in the area, and how are things? Uh, things seem to be going pretty good. I know that uh, you know a lot of places are eager to kind of get things going. It seems like the the cases are are dwindling down. Uh, not an amount of how many new cases we're getting. Um, the the state as a state, we've Sadly, I've lost um, about 130 or 40 people, which is sad, but it's it's certainly not as bad as other places have had it, so we're fortunate in that regard. I think the measures that the governor took early on and uh, the people have been doing by staying home and, and staying away from crowded areas and stuff has certainly helped that. Um, of course, there's going to be talk about when we might be able to see things start to open up. Back to completely normal as we saw before, but maybe we we can start to go back to work and, and things like that. So let's we'll have to see when all that happens. But um, I think the, I think the governor he is not in any hurry to do that. He wants to make good things to be safe, and public health officials will say it's, it's okay to start opening some something up again. So we'll have to. Uh, Wait and see. Meanwhile, people are continuing to to try to get through this, but you know, most people seem to be pretty optimistic. You know, some people. There's been a lot of people that are struggling right now that don't have work right now. Uh, you know, a lot of the casino workers and other industries as well here. So that's tough, but uh, we're we're getting through here okay. You know, I was uh, I was talking to a friend today, and and we were uh, just kind of hashing over everything, and I think the uh, the tourism and the entertainment 
and uh, you know sports leagues and things like that are going to be the hardest hit and take the longest to recover just because they depend on masked amounts of people to get you know to make their money basically and you know in Las Vegas the more people the merrier there because that's where the income comes and going to a hockey game or going to a football game or whatever but I'm curious to see what happens with the uh, the NFL draft in a, a week and a day from now next Thursday when that happens because that'll be the first real if you want to call it live action sports that that the America is going to see um, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see exactly how that plays out and how Americans receive it. I, people have been telling me that that might be the, the most popular, most watched show uh, in, in sports history. Yeah, people are itching for, for live sports. Uh, you got the WWE, which continues, but you know, less, there's a question about whether that's really a sport. That's more of like an entertainment type show. But, uh, you know, you've got a baseball, which is trying to get going pretty soon, and you have UFC, which is trying to to do things. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, uh, yeah, the NFL draft, which was supposed to be, which was supposed to be coming uh, to Vegas next week, is going to be right. You know, interesting uh, situation now that it's going to be virtual. So, but yeah, there'll be a lot of people watching. It'll be, it'll be. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens here. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think we're having a little bit of connection problems with you. I don't know what if, uh, if it's on our end or your end, but you're breaking up a little bit on me, so if there's anything you can do from your end yeah. to try to stabilize it, that'd be great. Right. Uh, in the meantime, we will uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, okay. you know, some of the things that, uh, that we're going to have uh, Coach Raboni on with us and and. He did something really unique, and I don't want to get too much into it, but uh, a, a two-hour Zoom with uh, an NHL, I call him the icon. I, when I met Kenny again last last summer to the story, I, I said, I have to call you an NHL icon because you've been around. You've seen everything. Uh, assistant coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Kenny McCudden, was on uh, Zoom. And just tell us a little bit what you've heard, uh, either from Nick directly or just through the grapevine on how that all played out and how it went before Nick gives us all the details. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely understand. Like, you know, Kenny comes up and has done for the past three years or so, I think he's done a, a camp, uh, kind of a preseason camp with UNLV and their skaters. And I know the guys love it. They get a lot of great feedback and, and things to work on. And I know the coaches love it because they have a chance to, uh, to actually get out there with an NHL coach. And, and if they don't learn something new, which I think they all do, they uh, brush up on some things. <coughs> yes, yes. I, um, if you're sorry, I'm trying to get a better connection. I don't know why I'm having a problem with my signal tonight, but, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's better it's right to, now, whatever you got going. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. All right. Anyway, so, uh, 
You might have to ask that question again now that you can hear me better. Uh, yeah, I was just saying that, you know, when uh, having a guy like Kenny McCudden on the ice uh, with the players, I think they uh, they really learn a lot from it. But I also think the coaches get a lot out of it, whether it's just refreshers or learning something new or picking up a new drill that maybe an NHL coach is, uh, has come up with. So uh, I, I just think Kenny's invaluable and, and his ability to want to give back to, you know, the college kids and, and stuff is, is really fantastic. Yes, and I know that uh, I know that he loves to uh, to help out too, and and uh, I think it's, it's certainly a good experience for for the players to have that sort of uh, have that sort of experience with, and with him, and certainly good for the for the coaches too. I know he's he's helped out UNLV for the last few years and during their their training camp, and I believe uh, he's gone down to the ASU's NCA team and helped out there too. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. It's good that he's he's going to do that. And of course, right now everyone's quarantined at home. And there's not really a lot you can do out, you know, physically, you know. So something like this is a, certainly a good idea to to utilize the technology that we have and 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 makes make use of time and to have things like that. So, you know, last week we had uh, Danny Roy, the head coach at Grand Canyon uh, University, on with us, and we kind of did a uh, a rundown. We did uh, what I like to call my state of the program, right? The state of the Lopes. Tonight it'll be kind of the state of the, the Rebels. So we'll kind of pick uh, Nick's brain and find out what he liked about last season and things that he was really proud of. I can tell you one thing. I'm sure he's going to talk about the last 13 games when they won 11-2 and two down the stretch and uh, really thought they were playing well headed towards a national tournament that never happened. But in addition, we'll, we'll ask him some things about, you know, getting, getting started again this year fresh and, you know, the one thing with the college program, Stephen, is their their season was just down to the tournament, right? There was no uh, no fighting for spots that had all been determined, and it's sad to lose your national tournament when you play all season for it. But it's different than the NHL and the AHL, where they hadn't even completed their season yet. They still had you know roughly 10, 12 games to go. So I guess you get a little more closure, I would think, at the college level than you do the pro level right now. I would I would think so. I would think that would be. Uh... That would be accurate. Uh, you know, other than the tournament, the the ACHA season was pretty much over with, and of course the NHL season. We're still waiting to see how that will resume up and what will happen there. And and uh, so I think, yeah, I mean, we certainly had a full season for the most part, other than the tournament. So um, I guess it's it makes it not as tough. Although not being able to go to the tournament when you qualify for it is is tough. But but they were but yeah, they were able to play a, a full season other than the tournament. Yeah, like I said, we'll be talking about the uh, independent conference awards, as they like to call it, on the ACHA guys that have earned spots. And there's uh, several UNLV players and and uh, a Grand Canyon player, and that that's not only those, but also the uh, academic players, which is important as well, because I think sometimes the uh, the competitiveness of the the games on the ice uh, make us think that the uh, they're just hockey players, but they're actually student athletes, which is extremely important as well. Yeah, that's what we got to remember about these 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 players in college level is that, that in addition to playing hockey and, and practicing and and doing what they got to do on the ice, they also got to perform in the classroom and 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 it's 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 good recognition when you have good good academics um, for to get to be rec- recognized for for your academics uh, in the classroom because that that's certainly an important aspect of 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 college hockey, whether it's club level or NCAA level or or any clubs, any uh, any sport really, for that matter, at the college level. 
Yeah, and the other thing that, that, that goes on, and it's one of the things that we'll talk to uh, Nick about as well, is, is you know, it doesn't really stop for them, right? Because when the season's over with, they're right into next year, preparing to, to put a schedule together to recruit players for upcoming seasons, to, uh, to finding ice, to, to putting on camps. I mean, there's just so many things that go on. So I'm, I'm curious to find out just exactly what's happening at UNLV and what what they're doing and, and how much they've been hindered by the, uh, by the COVID-19. So let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back in about two minutes with uh, UNLV associate head coach, Nick Roroni. Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. All right. And we're back on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host Stephen Marsh is uh, with us from Las Vegas, Nevada. And I think also from Las Vegas, Nevada, associate coach for UNLV, Nick Raboni is with us. Nick, how are you this evening? Hey, Scott. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me all right? Absolutely. You sound great. Uh, you're with uh, me and Steven tonight. So uh, we just wanted to chat a little bit, Nick. Uh, I know you guys have been doing something. You know, something went off. So let's start right there with what went off today for you and what brought uh, Kenny McCudden into the circles via Zoom. Yeah, so, um, you know, during this time, um, everybody seems to have a little bit more downtime, which is, um, you know, good and bad. But uh, if you take advantage of it, you know, there's uh, definitely things that can be very productive. Um, so Kenny called me and he had mentioned that he'd been doing some video calls uh, via Zoom with other coaches and just kind of talking about the game and his experience with it and whatnot. And he, uh, he mentioned that he'd love to do one with some of the coaches in Vegas and um, you know, we kind of collaborated a bit and we decided we were going to do a, a coach's corner presented by UNLV Hockey. And 
he was going to be our first guest. And, um, you know, it, it was uh, extremely informative today. We had about 16 coaches on the call, and everybody had certain questions they wanted to ask. And, I mean, you've met Kenny before. He's an open book, and he's one of the most down-to-earth people you'll ever meet. Um, so for him to be able to kind of give his knowledge to those guys, I think that I was getting, you know, texts and calls afterwards telling me uh, how much they enjoyed it. And, you know, so I think we're going to continue to do a coach's corner and we're going to do it weekly. And, um, you know, next week we're going to look to have hopefully uh, Jason Zucker on from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And although he's not a coach, he, he's played under some great ones and he has a lot of knowledge that he's willing to share too. So we're going to keep going with that. And I, I think that it's, it's great for our brand. It's good for recruiting. It's and, and, and it's just for a way for us to kind of um, hopefully give some people more information about the game. And, and um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's the fun part, too. You know, that's incredibly exciting news to, to hear. And, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about the fact that there's so much in hockey going on, even without games being played. But when we think back to how your season abruptly came to an end, and, and I was telling Stephen before you came on that, that when I looked at your record, I think you were like, what, 111 of the last 13 ending uh, ending the season and preparing for a national tournament that so uh, quickly came to a halt. But just what were your thoughts on the season when you kind of looked back in, in retrospect as to the way the season played out from start to finish? Well, it's really tough. I, I mean, normally you, you judge a season really on how you're going to do in the, any type of um, playoff or, you know, tournament play that, that comes down to the championship stuff. So, um, you know, I'm basically just looking at the regular season. It was a bit of a roller coaster for us. We had some ups and downs. Um, but overall, I do think it was a, a successful year. Um, not so much in terms of always wins and losses because it was, it was about the same as the previous year. But I think we learned a lot as a staff. I think that players learned a lot about themselves. And with the majority of our guys coming back, I think that it's only going to help us in, in years to come. Um, so, I mean, overall, it, it was a, I thought it was a solid season, a strong season. Um, we had a very tough schedule, too. I, I mean, probably one of the toughest in the ACHA D1. So, like I said, we have a ton of guys returning. We had a young team, only three seniors. Um, so, for us, we're in a great position for next year. And, you know, we're bringing in some, some solid talent as well. Um, but I'm proud of our guys. I'm proud of our staff, and it was just unfortunate the way things had to end, but uh, everyone's healthy, and I think that's the most important thing at this point. You know, Nick, I want to talk about that for a minute. You know, you talk about your schedule, and obviously you guys don't play an easy schedule on purpose. You guys go out there, and you try to play tough games. You play big opponents. You usually play Minot and Jamestown every year, and you always play these ranked teams. How important is it to play those games throughout the season and just, and I know you guys are planning a tough schedule again next season, but just the importance of playing a schedule like that during the regular season and what you gain out of that is you try to make a run in the, in the tournament and try to get a position in there every year. Well, I think it's important for multiple reasons. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, if you win some of those games, it, it really, um, you know, kind of catapults you in the standings and in the rankings throughout the year. So, I mean, that, that one win we had versus Minot this year, was a big one for us. So if instead of us maybe going, you know, one and three versus them, but we go two and two, that helps us out a ton. Um, so you want to give yourselves opportunities to win those games and put yourself in a position to, you know, crack that top 10, crack that top five. And if you're not playing a difficult schedule, you know, you can have, um, you know, 25 wins in the season, but it really might not help you very much in the rankings. 
Uh, but on the flip side, you have to win some of those games. I mean, it's great to schedule those teams, but you, you know, you have to be able to feel confident in the, in the product that you put on the ice. And um, I think that, you know, we, we definitely do feel confident moving forward and we have the last few years to be able to compete at that level. And then it prepares you for the national tournament. Um, there's no cupcakes to the national tournament. So when you've gone, um, you know, several weeks of playing top 10, 15 opponents, it's, uh, it's only going to prepare you further down the line for what really matters. And that's the ACHA national tournament. Nick, you know, coming up next year, uh, you guys are going to be joining the conference and I've talked to, uh, we had Danny Roy on last week and, and talked to him about his thoughts about it. We talked to Chad Berman down in, in Tucson about uh, teams coming in, and everybody seems excited about having you and uh, Utah and Grand Canyon joining, but how, how excited are you guys? And this is something that I got from Coach Powers. He said, anytime you can win a championship at anything, it's going to make you a better program and a better team. And Just your thoughts on joining the conference for the first time. Well, Coach Powers is right. Anytime that you can put yourself in a position to win something, it just adds an incentive for your program and your team. Uh, I mean, these are teams that we've already been playing almost year in and year out all the time, so it really just kind of makes sense for us to join the, uh, the conference. Uh, but like he mentioned, I mean, you know, when you set goals at the beginning of the year, it's normally, you know, win this amount of games and, you know, the cliche of taking it one game at a time. But now it's like, okay, you know, we can set a goal of, we want to be in the top two uh, in, you know, in our new league, or we want to win the league, and then we want to get that automatic bid, and that's that's just checking another box off your goals for the for that season. Um, but overall, the league's a great league. It produces, um, you know, it produces champions. You have a team like UCO who's won the tournament, uh, I think, you know, two or three times now, and Arizona obviously has a strong program and. Um, ASU has won the tournament, you know, so I, I think that, um, you know, in the long run, it's only going to help us. Um, and we're just excited to be able to, to join the conference. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's a, that's a very important part for, for a lot of different reasons, like you touched on. And, you know, the other thing with it is it does help, I guess, economically, like you see, you have played these teams anyway, but but it just kind of condenses things and allows you not to have to maybe travel as many times as far. And, you know, you guys do a lot of great things anyway because you do travel to uh, to play some really tough teams, and I'm sure that will continue uh, away from your conference schedule. But what's, uh, what's some things you're looking forward to, if you can, uh, tell us a little bit about this upcoming season. You got any tournaments that you're already booked into or things that you can you can look forward to? Well, I don't want to give too much away because we're definitely going to be uh, we're going to do a, a schedule reveal in, in probably um, you know June one. Uh, but we're I can tell you this: we're very close to having our schedule set. Um, we I can tell you you know one tournament we've gone to the last two years and that we look forward to going to again is the Chicago tournament and you know our first year we won it um, and last year it wasn't it wasn't great for us so it's uh, one of those things where you want to bounce back this year but it always brings in four really good teams uh, it's very competitive it was in a beautiful rink last year um, so for us it, it's we enjoy that tournament it's fun for our guys it's just uh, it's an overall good experience um, for our program to be able to play there too as far as recruiting goes and other guys uh, from the Midwest seeing seeing our logo seeing our brand and um, that's a big one for us. So outside of the, the, um, you know, the league games, I would say that's one of our, our favorite places to go. And we'll be back there again, um, this fall. And, uh, let's, I want to touch on, um, you know, some of your, 
your standout players. We've talked about this before in, in prior interviews, but just um, you guys have a, a good, solid group of players, and 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 you've mentioned this before, but you, you've got most of the team that's coming back next season. So maybe just talk about where where you feel like you guys are going to be at going into the season with with the roster you have now, and and then some of these uh, pickups that you guys have uh, have gotten in the last few weeks. Well, I'd say this is probably one of the first years where we haven't necessarily had to recruit, you know, eight to ten players. I think Coach Greener and I want to stay in that six to six to eight range this year because we have so many guys coming back. Um, but but I think it always breeds competition um, when you have guys battling to get in the lineup every night. Um, that's so important, and then depth too. I mean, you want to be able to feel comfortable putting in guys who who maybe uh, have worked their tail off at practice but just didn't get a shot. And once they do, you, you know, you feel confident that they're going to go in there and do their job and do it well and execute. Um, so for us, we are excited about bringing, bringing our core group back. Um, and then you look at our, our recruiting class right now. You know, currently, we have another announcement tomorrow. Um, but you know, we have a guy like Alec Johnson, who's, who's going to be a phenomenal defenseman for us. Um, I was getting Division One looks. So, I mean, that, that's anytime you bring a player in like that, it's going to elevate your program. And Jack Kennedy from the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, another very solid defenseman. So that only adds to the depth of our decor, which was already pretty good. And we have a guy like Kyle Quinn, who's a 40-plus point guy in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. And, um, you know, we're just excited. And, and Vince Benedetto, another, another goalie for us that we expect to, to possibly be a starter down the line. And, um, then, you know, how we finish the recruiting season here in the next few few weeks to the month, I think um, you'll kind of see where our team is going to take shape. But um, our goal this offseason was to add talent. Um, we wanted to, to not just add players, but add guys who can come in and, and try and be all-stars in this league. Nick, you, you've done a fantastic job of recruiting players over the years. But, you know, when I met you four or five years ago now and we started talking about UNLV hockey, and I know you guys – as a group wanted to really improve that brand. And now that it's been a few years out there and you've had a lot of success, what's it like recruiting players now and telling them this is uh, coach Raboni from UNLV. Is that, is that brand starting to stick around the country? I think so. I mean, it's definitely progressed from where it was five years ago. That's for sure. Um, but I, I think that we've done a good job um, reaching out to coaches, creating relationships, coach Greener, myself, um, you know, I think that's so important. And also your players are your best recruiters. So when you provide a, a good experience for them on and off the ice and they can reach out to guys and say, hey, you know, this program is run extremely well. It's, it's better than ma majority of uh, NCAA D3 programs in terms of, you know, what the guys get and the quality and whatnot. And I think that we take pride in that. And so when, they, when, you, when a recruit hears, um, hears that type of stuff and it can be backed up by your players um, and then they come and, and, you know, they see the campus and, they see the universe, uh, the uh, facility we have in the rink and the locker room. Uh, I think that they realize it's for real. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, we don't have that luxury right now due to the situation that we're in. But, you know, everybody's in the same boat. And I think that, uh, you know, through video and Skype and different avenues that we have now, you know, we're making it work. Yeah, that was going to be my, my next question to you is just how is that working? I know, you know, technology has got uh, very much advanced and obviously with you guys using Zoom for the coach's corner, you're, you're comfortable with that. But, um, you know, a lot of young people right now, when this happened, it didn't really affect them a whole lot from the standpoint of classroom work because they were doing a lot of their work online anyway. But uh, how is that for the coaches? 
It's been difficult. Um, you know, normally, we, like I said, this is a great time of year in Las Vegas. You know, it was 80 degrees today. It's, it's sunny. It's beautiful. And we, we normally really have recruits here right around this time. And, um, you know, they're, like I said, they're able to walk the campus and, and see everything that we have here. And unfortunately, we can't do that. So that's, this is where our players come in and have to kind of back us up. And, you know, there's videos and, and whatnot that, you know, you can kind of use and, and, and try and emulate the same thing. But um, like I said, though, everyone's in the same boat. Nobody can showcase their campus or their locker room or anything like that. So I think uh, players are looking to make decisions just as much as coaches are looking to bring them here at this time. So either way, you're getting guys that want to commit, and um, they're just going to have to go based off of what they hear or what they see online. So kind of going along with this subject, and it's a subject that I, you know, we, we hope that everything is, will be back to some more sense of normalcy by August, September, by the time the season starts. But have you guys, like, are there any plans in place? Like, is there any thought in your mind of if things, maybe if you can't have, fans come in the games or if it's just a possibility that maybe the campus this classes won't resume on campus until the spring semester is there is that is that something that you guys are maybe thinking about and how you might address that if those situations arise well we're just going to cross those bridges as we get to them i think right now we're we're fully planning on you know starting this thing back up in september um and you know that's all you really can do is just plan for that and then if something happens where that's not going to be the case we make the adjustments as is but we want to be fully prepared, and I know Coach Greener and I have talked about it, and we talk daily pretty much about um, you know, how we're going to start building the program a bit more and what, what our goals are, and um, we have some big things laid out <clears throat> for, the, for this upcoming season. So we'll just kind of have to take it as it comes, and um, you, know, you, have to, you definitely hear those type of things about them delaying college sports and, and college in general. We're, we're right. possibly not even allowing guys, on camp, guys and girls on campus. So, um, you know, we're, we're just going to take it as it comes, and, and hopefully this thing blows over sooner than later. Nick, when we talk about Las Vegas and you being a Las Vegas native, you know, if I, if I sat down and gave you a little truth serum um, and asked you seven years ago, for example, would you have thought that you were going to have your blossoming program, the Golden Knights uh, playing as well as they are, an AHL franchise coming in, um, two beautiful practice centers that you're going to have now coming up, plus another rink coming up for AHL games. Uh, the Orleans is, is hosting games again. If I'd have told you all that was going to happen seven years ago, what would you have said to me? Yeah, I probably would have thought you were crazy. Um, you know, you just, <laughs> you know, nobody saw, nobody saw this thing coming. Um, and it's just great. It really is. It's so good for us. It's so good for the game. It's, it's a beautiful game that um, I think a lot of people don't get the chance to, to be a part of um, because of where they're at geographically. And I, I would say that uh, we're very fortunate to, here to have the Golden Knights. And obviously their partnership with us has been, been nothing short of awesome. Um, and and they, they invest. They invest in the community. They invest in their facilities. And it's a, it's a top-notch um, top NHL program. And uh, it, it's been great to see the, the progression with the AHL team coming here, too. And I know that's only going to make it easier for them to pull guys up and down. And, um, you know, we're excited to be a part of it any way we can. Yeah, we're certainly seeing that with the Golden Knights now. They've been certainly a big part of this, uh, the community with uh, getting supplies and foods to the uh, healthcare workers and stuff. But I just want to ask you this too, Nick. Uh, we talk about, you know, we focus here at the, on, 
it's time with, with the Southwest, hockey in the Southwest. And you think about what, where, where things are now with, with UNLV on the rise. You've got uh, ASU, of course, is at the NCAA level. You've got another ASU team that's in the ranks. You've got Grand Canyon. You've got, you got Arizona. You've got all these teams here in the, in the desert Southwest. That's got to be pretty cool. And, and, the, and the level of competition between all these teams is pretty, is pretty neat. So let me just talk about how you feel like how hockey compares here in the Southwest to maybe... Well, I, I mean, there's no doubt that all those those programs and universities you mentioned are, are very, very good schools, and they have beautiful campuses, and it's in a it's in a, um, an area where the weather is really, really nice, and there's a lot of people that don't want to be in that cold, and, and I think um, the, that includes players. So when you have guys from Canada and the the upper north and northeast part of the country, um, when they see that there's competitive hockey down there, and they get down to the campuses and they check that out as well. It's almost like a no-brainer that they want to be there and enjoy it. It just comes down to quality of life, too. Um, so when you, when you look at that and then how, how even after college hockey that they can come and network and, you know, get a great job and, and things like that. And so I think that there's a lot of factors that kind of play into it. Um, but it, it's, it, when it comes down to it, when you're getting the talent and you're getting the recruits at those places, they're going to compete with, with anybody else in the country. So um, it just comes down to the hard work of the staffs at each place and, how um, how badly that they uh, they want it, and uh, the preparation is is huge for for all of us as well. But I would say that it, it's shaping up nicely that the uh, the Southwest at every level is is going to be able to compete at um, a, you know compete for championships. And I want to bring this up too because there was some chatter when when you, when the when you guys tweeted out the team tweeted out about. Uh, about your announcement, what ended up being about the McCutton, and and there was some chatter about what that announcement was, and and the chatter, of course, continued to be the NCAA. You know, was that going to be the big announcement going to Division One in the NCAA level? So maybe we can just touch on that for a minute, and and where do you feel like that's at? If there's any progress there, or or you know, where do you feel like that would need to? Where do you feel like you guys are at in trying to get to NCAA level? Uh, well, we always like to have a little bit of fun with it, keep people on their toes. So right. it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. And right. um, we like the speculation. We love being in the conversation because yeah. all it does is just kind of continue to create awareness that we want to do that. And you never know who's listening and who's going to be out there and um, that maybe has some money and, uh, or a vision and wants to support the program in any type of way. So we're always going to take that type of publicity. We're always going to keep pushing for it. Um, you know, I think right now with everything going on, it, it kind of even makes it even more difficult. Um, but it, at the same time, you know, we're, we're just going to try and run our program as, as close to that NCAA team as we can. So if that transition ever did come, then we're prepared for it. Um, so as Coach Greener and I look even further down the line, we have some ideas to, to kind of do that. And um, we want to make sure that, like I said, just always getting better, always putting ourselves in position and ready and um, ready for conversations when they come up. But uh, I always say, tell people it's not a matter of uh, if another team does West, it's just a matter of when. And um, I don't know whether it be, may be UNLV or, you know, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. I mean, you have the NHL going to Seattle, so Washington can be a prime spot too. But all those are big-time schools in the Pac-12. There's a lot of money and there's a lot of donors that uh, – that, uh, might want to see that happen. Nick, I, I want to touch a little bit off the ice too, because one of the things that I'm most impressed with, with the ACHA development that I've seen over the five years is what you guys do off the ice, your fan support, the uh, theme nights, the ability to uh, attract um, not only players, but fans. So talk a little bit about how important of a role that is for you guys, both you and coach Greener is as, as far as 
and, and I know that uh, that Arturo is probably helping you out and and others. But just touch on how much uh, how much work that is to continue to build these events to build excitement around your program. Yeah, yeah, it it just kind of talks of it talks it goes hand in hand with with us wanting to try and run an NCAA caliber program, and it starts from putting a good product on the ice, recruiting well. Um, and then once you do that, and you, you build your staff, um, and you you start to look at okay, how can we make this thing enjoyable for fans? So what are we doing um, during our games that that's fun, that's good for the kids, that's that's good for the students? Um, what draws them here? And I think that obviously uh, the biggest thing is the rink is great. Um, and we have a, a beautiful scoreboard there where we can do different things. We can put sponsors up there. Um, you know, we can play games. There's there's a lot of things that we can do and. Give credit to our staff too. Some of them have experience with the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're bringing ideas to us on how we can make the uh, the overall game um, even better for our fans. So we take pride in that. Um, the the things that that are fun are those specialty theme nights. Our our guys like it. The, the jerseys are fun. Um, the fans seem to enjoy it. So it's just little things that you're trying to incorporate year in and year out. And this upcoming season, like we're looking to have a, a kids club. I, we want to do some stuff with that and get kids signed up and maybe do some um, street hockey clinics and whatnot. And it's just, just a way to get yourself more involved in the community. And uh, it just kind of goes hand in hand with building support and uh, also giving back. Yeah, I think you're right on there too, because, you know, I, I'm at the games, obviously I'm very involved with your guys' program. And, and one of the things I love to always see is the kids interacting with the players and seeing the players interact with the kids before a game or after a game. And so I, I think that's, that's such an important part of the game. And, and the interactions with the fans and, the, and certainly the, the kids and stuff. So that's, that's great. I, I want to turn real quick to, to the academics and how important that is. You know, we're, we're going to go over the uh, independent awards, and we, we see a few UNLV players making the, the academic list for, uh, for, the, uh, for, the, for the independent teams. And so how important, that's obviously a big focus of your guys' program, the academics and how, and how you, uh, you guys approach that um, it, during the season in, in regards to balance between time on the ice and time in the classroom. It is, and we have a weekly study hall that we run um, with all of our guys, and uh, I think that that plays a big part of it. It's like you're, we're designating time that they need to study, um, and they need to make sure that if they are struggling with a certain class, that we have tutors there for them available um, a, during that time. And if they do well, then you know maybe they don't have to come to the study hall. If they're still struggling, then we, we anticipate them and expect them to be there um, and hold them accountable if they're not. So the, the school portion of it is very, very important. There's a reason why it's, they're called student-athletes, and that's why a uh, student comes first. Um, so school is always first, hockey second, and then everything else after that. Um, so for us, we do, we do take pride in that, and we want to see guys continue to graduate from UNLV and, and succeed in life after hockey. Nick, I'm going to give you uh, a couple minutes here just to, uh, to talk to the UNLV faithful supporters fans and, and let them know about your program and how they can stay involved with you guys and get involved with you guys. But before I do that, I want to say that, uh, you know, my five-year connection with uh, UNLV in Las Vegas, I've seen nothing but resiliency. And, you know, when, when this COVID-19 hit and, and Governor Sisolik jumped in and, and really took charge of things, and, and I think back, obviously, to, to 1 October and what you guys went through and you personally, and I go, it, is there a place anywhere in the country that is more resilient than uh, the state of Nevada and particularly the city of Las Vegas and the surrounding communities. So kudos to you guys for your continued resiliency. I know that you'll do everything that you need to do to bring the community back once this settles down, but 
just go ahead and take a few minutes and, and talk to uh, the UNLV faithful that are listening and let them know what they can expect from UNLV, UNLV hockey and how they can help you down the road. Well, we love our fans. We love the city. We love the community. And it's just nothing but hardworking blue-collar people. Um, that, that really is the core and the nucleus of it. And so those are the type of people that, you know, we love to play for. And also we like to, to kind of say that our team is, is blue collar and hardworking and we want to emulate our, our team after our city. So I think that we love those people. And if I can give them a shout out, that's, that's what I want to do. And also follow us online. I, I think that the best way to stay in touch with the program is through social media, especially right now. So, you know, UNLV Hockey on Instagram and UNLV Rebel Hockey on Twitter. And you can follow our Facebook page at UNLV Hockey. So all three of those outlets are good, really good um, sources for us. We're going to be doing some fun stuff over the next few months, whether it be the Coach's Corner or maybe some contests for jerseys. And I think uh, people want that type of stuff. And we're trying to produce new content all the time. But in the, mean, in the meantime, you know, just stay, stay involved with us that way. And thank you. And uh, that's all I got for now. <laughs> You know what? I don't think I could have said it better myself. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time for us tonight and jumping on with us. And we hope uh, that everybody out there is safe and continues to be safe in this craziness of, of a pandemic. And we'll see you soon, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. See Thanks, you Nick. Time. Have a great evening. And uh, we'll take a quick break. Steve and I will come back and talk a little bit about some uh, independent conference awards from ACHA Hockey. good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used and if you want to make the best margaritas or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila then roger klein's cancion tequila is the brand for you award-winning roger klein's cancion tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day find your bottle be it in arizona or elsewhere in the u.s Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, from uh, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. And, Stephen, we continue to go through the uh, pandemic like everybody else, but uh, great visit with Nick Raboni. I know you get to speak to Nick uh, quite a bit more than I do being right with the program there, but just your thoughts on, on his overall philosophy for the uh, Rebel Hockey Program. Well, the very, the very um, 
they're very uh, optimistic. They're very uh, positive. They're very um, invested in the in the program. I guess that was what I was looking for. They they put a lot of they put a lot of time in into it. And between him and uh, and Anthony Vigneri Greener and uh, and 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 they and, and they take this very seriously. They they. I think he's. I think he's right on with. They run it as close to it. They trying to run it as close to an NCAA program as as possible. And certainly from my involvement in it, and, and from what they or what ideas and stuff that they've been circulating with me about what they want to do for next season, uh, it's certainly uh, you certainly can see that. And, and and he's right. I think you know if they if they take it with that mindset, when when the time comes, not if the time comes. I'm gonna be optimistic and say when the time comes that they get to move make that push to the next level. Uh, NCA level, which you know there was some speculation about that, but of course that's still a ways away, and even probably more so with the pandemic now. But um, they'll be ready, they'll be prepared, they'll already kind of, they'll already kind. It won't be as, it won't seem like as much of a transition for them to that next level than what they are, what they are at now. So um, I think that's great, and 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 they have a lot of, you know, they got most of their team coming back, and that's great. They got some great players coming in as as Nick shared, as as they share on. On the on the on the social media, and that's gonna be great too for for competition. It's gonna make for great competition. It's gonna make for for you know battling for roster spots each game, uh, knowing that you have to be at your very best each night to compete and to be get a spot on the roster, and that's how you're gonna be be good. Uh, you know, Nick Nick alluded to the schedule. They're gonna have another tough schedule. I kind of know a little bit more about what their schedule. I won't I won't say too much. Sounds like they won't want to say too much. I kind of. <laughs> My I interview with them part two, which will come out on my my YouTube channel. There's a little bit more of the schedule that that Greener was willing to go into, so I'll I'll let that speak for itself. But um, but yeah, that's it's a very it's going to be a very tough schedule again this season, and and that's what you want. And and you got to play the best if you're going to be the best. And and I think that's that's good. You know, we and they play a lot of games, and and we talk about whether you should pl- not play a lot of games or you should play more games because of how the rankings work. And and we see other teams. When you look at the rankings, their their records they only get like 17, 18 wins, but only three losses. But they play far fewer games, so you know you look at that. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about for 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 Vegas hockey fans uh, with with the Rebels, and and it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, hopefully everything as far as athletic wise we can we can resume, and we'll be able to have games in the fall. There are some reports today that that could be in jeopardy with whether, whether they're going to let people not come on campus until 2021 so we'll have to see but let's just keep our fingers crossed it seems like right now i'm going to be optimistic and say that it, that everything sh- should be okay in that regard things will probably not be completely the same but at least we'll be able to have be able to but the times times get to i think by august september hopefully we can at least be able to have some sort of a uh, normalcy and uh, we'll be able to enjoy some some great hockey for for, for unlv certainly up here in, in vegas well, you just have so many things that you touched on that that I want to elaborate on. But the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, I, I know Nick liked the and kind of laughed at the fact that every time they announce, they say they have an announcement, everybody jumps to the speculation that we're going to be NCAA. Well, there's a couple of things I want to put a cap on on that. Uh, if and when or when that happens, as you say, uh, I don't believe that'll be how they're going to make their announcement. Uh, I just think it's going to be a little different uh, with the with the university. That's for yeah. starters. Secondly is, um, you know, I talked to Coach Powers quite a bit here about how his program came to be, and, and he says all the time that you need three things to become an NCAA program. 
you obviously need the support of your university, which is something that you have to earn. There's not right. very many uh, programs that just get it. You have to have a, a proactive uh, athletic director that wants it, and you have to have proven yourself. And I think UNLV is doing all the right things right now. Number two is you have to have a facility. And I think, you know, in Vegas right now, five years ago, I'd have said, nope, they don't have a facility. Right. But right now, they, they have options. They're going to have, have more options. And more options coming, right? You're right, yes. Scott, yeah. So I think the building part of it's going to take care of itself over the next two to three years. Uh, and then you look at the next thing, which is the finances, because finances. adding an NCAA program for men doesn't mean uh, just adding an NCAA program for men. You need to have somebody that steps up and finds a matching Title IX for the women's part right. in, in at UNLV. And, that, and that's probably the biggest hurdle that they need to overcome. And then from that point, then things will start to take off. Now, in my estimation, as things happen, uh, the Raiders are going to play a big part because UNLV moving over there to that Allegiant Stadium uh, is going to help revenue sources, I would think, a whole bunch um, as far as university athletics go. Uh, there's no secret that football is the number one draw everywhere in college sports. So uh, wow. building a better program and, and bringing in wow. more money helps all the athletic programs. So I think that's important to keep an eye on. Um and then, like I said, from that point, we'll just see what happens. But, yeah, it, it's every time. I mean, he, I'm sure Nick's uh, Twitter feed and, and emails and, and text messages go like crazy as soon as they make that announcement. But mine is starting to do that, too. I'm getting calls from people all over going like, hey, is UNLV the next school to go? When are they going? And I'm yeah. going like, hey, hold, hold on a minute. We'll, we'll get there. Just, uh, just build right. it and build it. Well, uh, yeah, I I agree with all of what you said. Uh, two things about that. I, I like what Nick said. He's, he likes the the attention to kind of get people talking about it and stuff. And so that whether you know with about that and just getting people in the in the in the conversation, just continuing to keep UNLV hockey in their in their in their twi- Twitter feeds and stuff like that is is great. And you mentioned the thing about you know the football, um, which which we know is a is a big focus for for UNLV. You know the football program has not been where they want it to be, and they of course are just change coaches and they're, and they're trying to get that football program. It's, it's, it is, you're right. Football is a big moneymaker for the schools in, in any college sports, college, university, whatever. And they're going to go to, you know, Allegiant stadium. Right. And so they're going to, that should be, that's going to be an opportunity to really get some revenue from, from the football. Um, and then of course, basketball would be the other big sport that they try to draw from. And, and, you know, they're trying to get the basketball program to be, to be better. So I think, that's the focus, and it's unfortunate for for UNLV in a, in a sense, for the for the rebels, for skating rebels in a sense that they do have to rely on those those sports. I think before they can really get some some movement, it can still happen even those if those programs aren't to what they need to be. But um, you know, it, you know, the football program has been a disappointment here for the last few years with with UNLV. Uh, but there's a lot of optimism going into this season with with the new coach and and with the new stadium and 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 hopefully that will turn the page there. And then that'll kind of continue to build. But yeah, I think a lot of people sometimes they get excited, and they think, you know, they they don't realize that there's a lot more involved with it than than what it what it seems. And and so I think that's important to to understand. We've said this before. I I, I think it's it's gonna happen. It's it. I think we've talked about this before. The focus for them, as we talked about, is is winning at this level. And 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 as you know, Arizona State did that. It, it, you know. Coach Powers did that at, at the Arizona State, and they won an ACHA championship. And you know that 
probably played a big part of them being able to move up to the next level. So I, I think, I mean, it can still happen if they don't do that, but I would think that that certainly would be um, something that would help them in, in getting more attention and recognition and say, hey, you know, this team can win championships at this level that they're at. Maybe we can, maybe they can compete at an NCAA level. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a progression, and I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, Coach Powers will tell you that right up front, that that, that was a huge step in uh, in their transformation and their moving on to the NCAA level was winning that ACHA championship because, uh, you know, he still talks. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had him on the NCAA show, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and when we had him on, he said he still has three players from his ACHA club that won the championship that he thought – may still be able to play if they had eligibility at the NCAA level. So that, that's talking about the talent that he had. And I can see that starting to build at UNLV and at, at Arizona and Grand Canyon is going to take a little while, but even ASU, the, the players are starting to come in and they are that next level. They're just about there. So when you start having a couple of guys like that pop for you, that, that changes things. And I think that leads us into the, uh, the conference independent conference awards that were just announced, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday. Um, and, and I'm going to let you go through it. I have it in front of me as well, but I know you looked it over and there's a lot of UNLV players there. I'll, I'll jump in right up front and say that there's a couple of uh, Grand Canyon players. So I'll throw those out and then I'll let you run with the, uh, with the, um, the players from uh, UNLV. But the, the third team for uh, for Grand Canyon, they have a defenseman, Sullivan Murphy, who's a heck of a player that got on the third team. And uh, when you look at the all-rookie team, their goaltender, Chad Duran, um, from Grand Canyon, also got on that squad. And we'll talk about the, the guys that were on the academic part of it in a minute. But just go down the list of the UNLV guys, Stephen, that uh, earned that honor. Uh, sure, and of course this will be the last season of independence because then they'll be they'll be within the WCHL, so they'll rely on those rewards. But um, we look at for UNLV, uh, you look at the second team all uh, team. Uh, you've got Jake Sachs, uh, the senior for for UNLV, one of the three seniors that were on the program for this this season, uh, getting on that list. And and you know they were Sachs really had a a, a great year. Um, obviously he's, he's had some issues with injuries and so there was some things, you know, whether he was going to be able to continue playing, but he, he, he committed to continue to play and had a really great senior year, six, uh, 16 goals, 15 assists, 31 points in 31 games. So it averaged about a point a game. So he definitely deserves to, to be on that, uh, on that list. And, uh, and then you look at the third team, uh, D David Anderson, who had a you know, since he came to UNLV, had a really good, really good. <laughs> oh, he was uh, fantastic. He was, he was I mean, fantastic. He, he really, um, I think, was a big part of turning the turning the season around for for UNLV. It gave the team a lot of confidence. Um, you know that goaltending probably wasn't where they wanted it at, but you get a guy like Anderson in in his first game uh, against his former team. It was at the Orleans, and he shut him out one nothing. I mean, that just is is you know great. That got the team motivated. He became kind of a he became kind of a favorite from seemed like his fellow teammates. He always were, were messing around with him and always, you know, and um, great interview the times I talked to him. So he, he deserves uh, to be on that uh, that list as well. And uh, also Jared Turcotte, another player uh, for UNLV. Uh, he's had a great great season as well and uh, certainly deserves to be on that list. Top third, three in scoring for the Rebels, uh, 29 points in 33 games uh played he was on that 
he was on the uh, one of the top lines uh, during the season with uh, with Turiumi and uh, and um, my gosh I can't think of the other one oh um, Paxton Malone so uh, good little trio there this season so we look at that uh, let me see if I think I missed anybody then rookies or you look at the rookies and you got uh, Hunter Mazzullo another one that the you know we coaches were real impressed with when I did my interview with them. And part two will be on my YouTube channel in a, in a few days. But um, one of the players that they said really stuck out to them was was Mizzou, who had a really great rookie season for for UNLV. Um, I know he was he was named one of your Oxy Pals Friday's uh, feature player. Fantastic whatever, Friday, which, fantastic winner. Friday, yeah. and I'm sure those will be returning again during the hockey season. So, um, uh, but uh, he had a, he had a great great little uh, season as well. Twenty points and uh, for him in thirty five games, pretty pretty good. Uh, Pretty good uh, uh, rookie season, uh, freshman season, I guess, not since the rookie season. but And so, yeah, so that was uh, a look at that. Um, of course, we have a bunch of academics, too, which we can go over now. But Yeah, we'll quickly throw those out. I'll go over the Grand Canyon kids. I got Sullivan Murphy was also an academic, all-independent um, selectee, along with Andrew Cronin. Matthew Mezik and Michael Barabash, the goaltender from Grand Canyon. So they get four players uh, in the all-independent team, which is pretty impressive for a, a first-year program to uh, to get that many players on there. But that just talks about the importance of academics for ACHA uh, students as well. And then uh, I'll let you go over the uh, the UNLV players. There's three of them there that uh, that I see made the list. Yeah, and and I look at uh, half of Jamestown's roster. It seems like is on this list. So you see, <laughs> the focus. Either of... Jamestown has got a bunch of athletes, ac- academic stars, or they have a program that can get you in pretty easily. I'm not sure which one. I, I'm not going to be critical on that one, but uh, I don't know. But <laughs> but that's good. I mean, it, that's good that they have that many players that are high up academically. Uh, for UNLV, now, before before you get into UNLV, I will also tell you, Stephen, if you happen to look at that list. Uh, the uh, the academic players from Jamestown, all of them are seniors except for one. Oh, that's, that's a junior. Right. So when you look at that list, what are they going to bring back next year if that was an all-senior class? And how disappointed did they have to be about not getting a shot at a national tournament? That's true. Yeah, well, yeah we don't know how many of them are, are going <laughs> to have another year left or if all of them are done after this season. Um, if that's the case, yeah, they got to they gotta bring in a lot of players. And with the pandemic right now, they're not able to do as, you know, recruiting is right. a little bit different. You wonder how they're going to look for next season. But I guess we'll, we'll worry. But not really our concern, I guess. But, uh, I mean, until until you, until we have to play them. But, uh, but yeah, for UNLV, Jake Sachs, again, uh, Eric Williams, uh, and then uh, Kurt Underwood, uh, Ford, and his, his first season with UNLV, Eric Williams, his uh, second season with the Rebels. So, um so congratulations to them getting on there and being recognized for their academic uh, skills. And we will just touch uh, not from the desert southwest, but Wade Regeer is a friend of mine from Minot State, uh, Coach of the Year again for the Independence. Never a doubt that Wade Regeer is going to be in that talk every season because he just does a great job with the guys that he gets. Great recruiter and, and brings in a, a bunch of talented players and most valuable player went to a goalie from Jamestown, which is interesting because David Anderson left that program midway through, came to UNLV and was a star. But the guy that he was behind, Tyson Brower, was uh, named the uh, most valuable player for the Independent Conference Awards, which is pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. But I guess Minot State is going to still be the defending uh, champions because we didn't have a we didn't have a, a <laughs> tournament. Cha- we didn't have a to- national tournament champion uh, this year, so. I guess they considered they'll still be the defending 
defending uh, tournament champions when we go into 2021. But well, uh, hopefully next week we're going to bring on uh, the commissioner of the WCHL, Chris Perry. I've reached out to him, and hopefully we'll get him on for next week's show so we can ask him a bunch of those questions. But, you know, as always, it's always great hockey talk. I mean, people wonder what you're going to talk about hockey in, in the summertime. And I keep telling them, even here in the desert southwest, there's always something to talk about. Somebody's program is doing this, or there's new guys coming in, or there's a new building being built, or, you know, there's teams joining a conference. So there's always something to talk about. And that's why we ask you to tune in every week to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, 7.30 Wednesday nights. Uh, best way to never miss us, Stephen, is to uh, subscribe uh, either on Podbean or at iTunes. You can uh, make sure that you get a notification every time we're on. You can also listen to the recap. If not later tonight, first thing tomorrow morning, you'll be able to uh, jump on and listen to it and uh, get all of our podcasts. So as a quick reminder before we go, be safe out there. We want everybody to continue to practice those uh, stay-at-home orders that are in effect for uh, almost all of the country, if not all of the country right now. And, you know, it's, it's getting better, but it's not over yet. So let's hang in there until it gets over and let's uh, do it right so we can have a safe and healthy and happy hockey season um, in the fall. I agree. We got to continue to and, – and I don't really – I think this was kind of a, a bad way of – doing it because they, they they called it social distancing, but it really should have been called physical distancing because you can be still social distance right. with people over different means, but uh, I think physical distancing would have been more appropriate term, but we need to continue to practice that and uh, until things can subside a little bit and then we can we can get back to having um, sports with, with fans again and, and have sports um, and be able to to uh, be able to be each other's one one in each other's company and and enjoy the things that we we enjoy but yeah every people just need to continue to you're right continue to heed the the guidance of health officials state officials and and um, be supportive of that and and the more we can do that we're seeing that it is definitely having an impact then hopefully the the sooner we can get back start getting back to doing uh, things that we love to do Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll end it. As I told you, it's no more empty highway. It's hello, new day, like I think uh, is around the corner for us. I think it's already starting. So thank you, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, for giving us a little hello, new day. Stephen, have a safe week. Um, enjoy that quarantine a little bit longer, right? And the, uh, and the summer skates and all that good stuff, the sanitizer. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll try to keep you stocked up. Okay, sounds good. I, you need those things this time of year, so uh, that's uh, that's good. And hopefully, a lot of people can can get some some sanitizer from themselves from uh, from uh, from OxyPal. So, absolutely. Have a good evening. All right, you too.